fails my dude. You know what would be interesting? I really want to hire someone for a METO. I feel like that'd be extremely helpful. Hey guys, how's it going? Back here again for another episode of Ohm featuring yours truly. Um, I got a special guest, man. Today, a man I barely see, but it's such an enigma that every time we link up, it's always a good time. The elusive, the mysterious. I don't even know how to even explain if he's an entrepreneur, <laughs> if he's a philosopher, if he's just a world revolutionary. I don't know. But I'll let him explain for himself. Here we got Donnie Lee. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. <sighs> yeah, I would say an entrepreneur is correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just have to really do it all. That's the key that I see. I mean, right now, I'm working with my mom on our medical interpreting translating business. So it's kind of solving the issue of bilinguals around the world. I mean, like you and me. Yeah. If we're in a foreign country and we don't know what the fuck is going on, this is really one of the major keys, having that instantaneous translation capability. Okay. Once you have it solid, everyone speaks the same language. Really? This is the key. And the key is just making it efficient. Yeah. Okay. Because right now the problem is that it's basically too expensive. Um, I was reading about it when you were looking at, like, say, waterfalls and things like that, how they really function. Mm-hmm. It's basically making something so cheap that you... There's, it's basically never a point where you can't afford it. Okay. And that decreases the poverty line. Like, if you look at the stock market for the past 200 years, it's always going up. But the key is that if you look at it in this present moment, it goes up for both the top and the poverty level. Like, the poverty level, say, raising, mm-hmm. it's just when you go back in time and you see that's always been how it's been. That's, like, what messes you up in a way. But then when you figure out how it works, you realize it just keeps going. Okay, I understand. So, you're talking more about making it readily available for anybody. Exactly. And that's where the key is. I see, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's always in a, say, positive direction. Okay. Yeah, it's like opt- like pure optimism, but it's like optimism that's understood and known mm-hmm. beforehand. So you're going to rely like heavily on like having a high volume of readily available translators. Exactly. Any moment all throughout the world. Oh, facts. Okay. That's, that's what we're going to do. That's dope. That's, that's how you dope. create a trillion dollar company that helps the world. Mm-hmm. Like really exactly so we'll talk, get a little bit more on that later <laughs> but really want to get a little bit to know about you though and mm-hmm. you know what you're doing how you ended up going from young Donnie to you know Donnie world traveler <laughs> aficionado start off like where are you from well I was born in Hawaii I'm in Lulu, Hawaii um, parents found a base there because my dad was in the Air Force. My mom was, my mom moved there from Panama. But okay. um, yeah, that was really where I started growing up. Only for the first few years of my life, though. After that, we basically left Hawaii, came over to Georgia. I'm not really in, like I've never really asked my parents about that specifically. How that shift from Hawaii to here mm-hmm. really worked and why, but. Coming over here, that's when I started getting more in tune to the city life. 
coming from like say a rural area yeah. like a well-to-do rural area then moving to the suburbs area and like going to the pure city god's egg for a yeah. little bit that it opened my eyes in a different way but i i was given the knowledge i needed to understand what i was seeing mm-hmm. so and that was really all my mom that's crazy so going from the ship from Hawaii, which I couldn't even imagine what that lifestyle is like to the lifestyle like suburbia in Atlanta or metro Atlanta, where it's more, you see a mix of both worlds. You see the rural areas clashing with more urban industrial areas, and you see how those people interact. What did, were your takeaways and what were some key moments in your life that made you understand some things differently mm-hmm. now? church when I was very very young and also the influences of my cousins like my cousin Andrea my cousin Tisha and then cousins on the other side it was really that family unit of seeing the interdynamics of how people relate to each other at a young age and how they handle deep issues how they handle diseases and things like that and seeing how from the past up to now how it's reflected and caused healing in a way like predictive healing how that's really occurred and it's becoming like say experiential like i'm seeing it right before my eyes yeah that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) so how was your adjustment coming like moving straight from hawaii how old were you when you left hawaii honestly i'm not sure either (laughs) I just know it felt like an adventure. Oh, man. So it wasn't hard adjusting at all because you <laughs> no. pretty much were just... I was just like, let's have a girls. Yeah. I'll be back when I need to be back. So what was growing up like? Like, how was school? What kind um, of person, what kind of kid I were you I was homeschooled, I think. Okay. Oh, actually, I was in some elite shit when I was super young. I was in, like, some upper-level piano. We went to, like, what was it? Like, actual theater shows that they... Mm-hmm theater shit slap dog oh man oh man um musicals we went to a whole bunch of stuff then the aquatics like the aquarium Mm -hmm. uh, museums interactive parks and things like that i think it was that was my key foundation it's like the things i overlook in my day-to-day life i'm like why did she do that like why did she know that was the best decision yeah you know i've been thinking about that actually a good while ago like it's just been an ever pinging thought in my head about like parenting theory and how you can get your kid to kind of lean towards a certain going a certain direction that's crazy isn't it because it's all like paths and it's what you do because i have a younger brother Mm -hmm. and i've started realizing that when i mess with him because like some things i could say could lead to this action and lead that action but your the consequences for your action will come up but they might not come back for like years from now Facts, and then they know by then too yeah already it's crazy yeah so it's like doing it perfectly mm -hmm. mm-hmm so uh what about like school like well you said you were homeschooled were you homeschooled in high school as well like no no let's see it was up to fifth grade i'm pretty sure fifth grade exactly maybe a little bit before oh no i went to kindergarten and then I think I was like too popular in kindergarten, so I was pulled out. And then that was when they. It was too popular. Me. Dude, 
That was like some Romeo and Juliet shit that I had back in kindergarten. It was crazy. So was it something you did that got you pulled out, or is just like no idea preemptive step? I have no idea what happened in kindergarten, dog. Dang. Like, I remember getting injured all the time. I was like when I wanted attention as a kid, but it was weird injuries because it was like predicted. What the heck? Then I realized I don't need to get injured. It was, it's weird because I remember it like backwards in a way. Yeah. Like I remember certain things happening before other things. And then I realized those things happened and then it was those things. That's, gotcha. that was the key. That was the catalyst. Kind of understanding that Taurus dynamic. Because mm-hmm. that's how it works. It's like how a bird flies in a way. Damn, I'm getting like poetic and shit now. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. So, you leave, you were too cool for school, you were Chip Skylark with a whole bunch of Timmy Turners, and then, where do you end up going? I have no idea. Let's see. For high school? Pretty sure, pretty sure I went to Elka first, and then I went to Strong Rock Christian School. Okay. Yeah. Oh, two big ones. See, I went to Landmark. Mm. So, I think I remember talking about this for two months, but yeah. We knew about the and what was how was life like that? Ooh, sorry, that was an interesting life indeed. I mean, I learned a lot that back in then. Mm-hmm. That that's what led me to say one of the side campuses. We moved from Eagles Landing to another one that was a lot smaller, like Griffin something. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure, but I know that was. I what I remember about that campus was the youth pastor there. Like that was like my homie. I could vibe with them. And that was during the stage when I was first learning how the dynamic worked through Bible study. Mm-hmm. It was at, say, that point, kind of gaining resources from him, books and stuff. That was when it really clicked in. And I was like, I think I can take this leap and move away from that. And that was also at the same transition as moving from high school to full-time college. So it like, really played out perfectly. Okay. So a lot of, what kind of student were you like? Were you like active? Mm-hmm. Were you always participating in class, or are you more to yourself? I was way more to myself. Okay. Mm-hmm. And nothing just nothing really interests me to the degree that I wanted it to be inside mm-hmm. that type of environment. Okay, so just yeah. as far as the classroom setting. Pretty much, just the classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's when I adjusted to the classroom setting when I understand how the classroom actually worked, remembered how it works, basically. Mm-hmm. That was the key to actually experiencing it. And then what's interesting is a whole bunch of those peers I forgot that I was like back in the classroom. And only pulling out of that classroom perception was when it really made sense how it was just an experience. Yeah. So then what are you spending most of your time at? Back then? Yeah, like where would you find Donnie at school? (sighs) At school, where would you find Donnie? It was like an anime type period for me. Yes, sir. Yeah. It reminds me of the meme for, what was it? Um, I have the power of God and anime on my side. <laughs> That's what that reminds me of. What were you into? Dude, oh. everything. I'm pretty sure it was like the beginning. It was like some sort of online type energy. Okay. But then it was like kill a kill before that. A whole bunch of I just of finished watching time. that. Yeah. No? My friend is watching that right now. Um, there was No Game, No Life. No Game, No Life was, like, an instrumental one during that stage. Mm-hmm. That was, like, the first concept of, like, win, win, win. 
And then the movie, did you see the No Game No Life movie? No. That went crazy. You have to no see that. Way. Have you seen No Game No Life? No, never. Dude, for real. I'm missing out. I feel like between you and my roommate, I've missed out on a whole lot of shit. I mean, No Game No Life is only a 12 episode, but it has a full story. Okay. So it's it's simple. So I would highly recommend that. I might actually go home and watch that my VR headset because I figured out Crunchyroll on there. Holy crap. Dang. Mm. Will you agree that this is a hot take for most of the viewers, but will you agree that anime TV shows have more uh, parallels to life? I feel like it in does. deeper purposes mm-hmm. than like what we're able to see on TV now. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, if you really, really think about it, Avatar: The Last Airbender is like one of those intros. Mm-hmm. It's like it has like actual real teaching straight up in there, and then it's like a key core connection that like resolves. Like say the four elements type of way. Yeah, that's what really solidifies it. And they get you in there, like watching anime at the beginning with those like Dragon Ball Z, Bro, or like because like everybody the remembers the dragon, like yeah. the dude with like the cut. Dude. Yeah, oh, it was so oh, fresh. They had so many people to get you in it, and yeah. now it's like they're starting to build like better anime, especially with better production, oh better writers. We're watching it right now. It was like the song. What is this? As like a spy movie type. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know. I, my friend Jolie, she she got me onto it. It's amazing. Yeah, I don't know. It's just something that I've stuck with. Like I, I don't know. I've been watching anime forever, so it doesn't <laughs> even feel like I've been doing much different. Uh, but I remember I got more serious about it after at like the end of high school, yeah. and it's just it just stuck to me because they just there was a lot more action. I definitely watched, like, I would only watch action movies and stuff like that back then. Mm-hmm. But then, also just, like, stories, build-ups, stuff like that. It felt more real. Facts. It feels more real. Mm-hmm. And that's the weird dynamic of it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I hope... Th- I know now that, like, anime is becoming a big thing, the U.S. is trying to get their hands on it as far as the film industry. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> the Netflix ones are so good. You gotta watch those. I've watched a few. Have you seen the one that came out, like, last month? I have to send you that. That's actually amazing. What the heck? Because they, they do it properly. They make it structurally sound. Yeah. Like, I feel like it, as long as you add high, oh, like, your climaxes, your action climaxes are very good, but you have a really good story behind it, you don't have to spend that much time, like, trying to formulate characters, Ooh. how powerful they are, like, crazy fights. Because I feel like that's where all the animation money goes into. That's a fact right there. That's crazy. Whoa. So then... That's crazy. Why did I never notice? When did you first realize that you were more entrepreneurially minded than... Like... Staying on the course of a regular, like, graduate, go to college work a nine to five when do you realize you were not at that pretty sure forever like i don't mm-hmm. remember not being an entrepreneur okay like i started with like basic scams but they weren't even really scams because it wasn't even their money what was it it was like fucking clash of clans okay how'd you do it it was almost reverse engineering it was it was like at say a stage where an individual thinks a certain amount of money is a lot mm-hmm. it's really not a lot at all so say like a $10 flip 
for another account of the same level. It's just a weird perception due to like the age range. Mm-hmm. It's well, weird. So you would buy accounts and sell them? Yeah. Uh, so you were for... <laughs> but it was in a perfectly legal way. Yeah. It was like good for both parties. I mean, somebody was going to sell you an account or you'd probably just like bid them and give them an offer. Mm-hmm. And they would say whether it was undervalued, overvalued. Some people would just undervalue their accounts a lot. Or you at least had a seller lined up that was willing to pay a certain amount and you found a margin of profit off of it. Exactly. Hey, genius. And how old were you in doing this? I was like nine or something. <laughs> Crazy. And then what did it, like what did you learn from that and when did <laughs> Yeah, just directly apply that to what I do forever. Mm-hmm. It's just the only difference is the value structure. Yeah. You just always provide more value and that's good. Because that's what they want. Exactly. If you can deliver exactly what they want, you're perfect. So, what were your next steps after that? Like, or how exactly? Exa- we training, bro. We training. We training. <laughs> you know the the we is like when when like motion detectors first got into like motion before like connect sensors. Yeah. We training, amazing. And then like Mario Party party like the racing one yeah that's when that first came in the light that was like a real christmas right there so what were you doing with that just training like that's like original iq training perceptional training oh so you were just into like learning or did you consciously say yo i can pick up skills from this and you were like and you just started practicing getting into it or was it just like dig 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 it was just intuitive basically okay like I was like this is what I gotta do this is the perfect timing Mm -hmm. perfect timing how are you so serious about like your personal development so young or is it just something that you feel I just always had it it was cognitive it's intuitive. Mm-hmm. It's cognitive and intuitive in like a perfect tire Taurus dynamic. Okay. It's like, did you know that yin and yang is a Taurus field in the original depiction? No. Yeah. Crazy stuff. So would you attribute a lot of this to like your mom or as far as your intuition? Yeah. And upbringing, how you thought about things? She put me on video games for education. Okay those like slapped dude i learned recently he's he's the biggest unknown billionaire ever and what that basically means is he's created multiple multiple billion dollar corporations and exited every single one of them and to this day he's still creating more billion dollar companies Mm -hmm. like he's basically surpassed them all who he's unknown i don't even i don't even remember where i watched him it was not tony robbins um i went to his business mastery it's like this seven day 12 hour day event dude shit it's crazy but we were at there and he was telling us this like story of how the game actually works he created the learning system for video games at the original stage for different age groups so it was like the perfect game for the perfect time okay so in terms of what they had to learn or what they should be uh what they should remember basically yeah it was like a and not a game of increasing your memory but a game of teaching you what to remember okay because lately 
I started thinking about like just playing strategy games because if I if I'm going to be addicted to video games and playing like freaking Minecraft at night, I might as well get into like a strategy game. And I know that you know the moves. Yeah, because video games in real life have relative correlations to each other and the way you think in a video game like if you ha- pull out perfect coordination through like a modern warfare match with a group of four you don't think that's transferable in some way to the real world that's crazy so i need to start getting the strategy games and figuring that out that's a adult, adult way to adapt your learning strategy that's, exactly that's the language i use Interesting. So what kind of games did you end up playing? I have no idea. I'm going to get my friend to buy me strategy games. Uh, she's the best for that. That's why I'd be playing Minecraft with, dog. If she even played Minecraft. Dang. Minecraft. <laughs> Minecraft still lasts. I feel like that's the... Ooh, Minecraft slaps. It's the classic title. It'll never I... go away. Minecraft at the beginning was a strategy game. Like, when you first start playing Minecraft, it's like, you have to actually watch the you tutorials. To, yeah. You have to learn how to, you have to learn survive. How to it's about survival. Has, it's a fucking survival game. You and just it, know. Yeah, and then you start, every time you start a new world now, you know what you have to look like. It's like fucking wood, crafting table, tools, get more wood, build a house. Now let's conquer. <laughs> Yo, that's the perfect way to play the game too. Exactly. Like that's the only way to do it. Cause you figure out how to play the game. Damn. And through repetition. It's crazy how a lot of these concepts play out in life all throughout everything we do. And you don't catch it unless you're actually like looking for it. Dude. Like, it's for the present moment shit. It's mm-hmm. like that shit you've been writing down in your notes because you're like, this is right on the top of the yeah. dome. Facts. It's off the dome. Damn, that's crazy. So, Isn't that interesting how it just all is like waiting to rap? Like, the entire universe is like, it's rap. <laughs> that's crazy. Fucking love that. So, what were some inspirational figures you had growing up? Like, I know your mom's one. Your um, youth pastor. It was this book series. I have no idea why I started reading like this series of books. Mm-hmm. There's one about fucking like evolution, but like humans and the animals. It was like metamorphs or something. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about that? No. It was some library type stuff back in my library days. But um, who was he even talking about? You're talking like, about your inspirations, insert. like figures. Yeah. So it was early middle school to high school. Um, I was reading this book series that was like trying to teach you what were the things you need to do basically build connections gain experience and go to events like those three things Um, so I did that I employed that at a young age I met like a whole bunch of internet millionaires back during that period of time Um, I met kind of world league sports players like like back in like the clash of no not clash of clans world of tanks yeah. true strategy games yeah, back is. in the world of tanks days ooh I met someone like the, the I met like the US national team for world of tanks I was like in their discord understanding the strategies getting mentoring from them yeah. and how that game actually worked before anyone knew that the MMO world and like the gaming world yeah. was actually such an industry um dude were you on CSGO? 
Oh, what was I? Well, I was on a Halo Reach. I wasn't a PC gamer oh. yet. Okay. I was I was console gamer. Consoles made more sense to my brain yeah. at the time. Now I'm a PC gamer all of a sudden. Interesting how that works. But um, now I started off as a console gamer, like Halo Reach, um, kind of the Halo franchise. That yeah. was my specialty. All of Halo. Yeah, I almost went Arch. pro in Halo Reach for one of their like sniper gun games. Ooh, good old days. But um, yeah. That was that was some fun times. That moved that for me that moved into mobile gaming instead of PC directly. Okay. So I went into Clash of Clans, got competitive in that. Then they like started doing these like weird silly cheats because mm-hmm. the finger touch technology wasn't built yet. So you could like put your put like a limit on your phone and that would trigger the repeat and people would be getting these crazy ass numbers and they'd be like, it's fair. So was, was games just a thing that? was always a part of your life that allowed you oh, to understand 100%. the world a different way. Music feels like a game to me. Mm-hmm. So listening to music is how I play the game. So like when they created this new Bluetooth technology that allowed me to listen to music while playing the game, yeah, changed everything. Because that first kicked off in voicemails, actually. Because I'd be able to like record myself speaking with the knowledge that it was only me speaking, but then have my music play in the background so I could kind of get downloads at the same time. Yeah. So what do you think they were thinking when, like, the party system came out for, like, Xbox and all that? I think that was pretty pivotal. I had my homies, Izzy Banks, uh, who else was Brandon Meredith, um, ooh, Teddy. Teddy, Teddy, Adam Watson, Susie Rogers, those were the earlier group. That was, like, that was, like, fifth grade. That was Pokemon time. Pokemon. When Pokemon was a big, yes, oh my goodness, ooh that that was a period that I don't really remember, but that was my Lego period as well. But like Lego video games. Yeah, yeah, that was a different time. Like, have you ever played Bakugan? Yeah, Bakugan. my brother actually plays it now. He does. Yes, it's, it's still a thing. Fu- yes, it's okay. Still, I and a whole bunch that. of you know, Beyblade's still a thing, right? I was talking to my friend Jolie about Beyblades like last week. Yes, Beyblade is still around, strong as ever. When I go see her, I want to play Beyblades with it. That's what we need to do. Facts. But yeah, I'd say video games allow you to have a different like understanding of how the world works, but it's expedited. No, you get to go through, I mean, you have three lives, a million lives, respawns, like whatever. But you go around the simple concept every time that you fail you try again you fail you try again you know you learn something new each time and then you adapt to the problems what is your thoughts on failing damn you don't fail you just learn that's crazy then what do we do to get that definition taken away from the word failing how does that work how does the process of being able to replace a negative with a positive work? How does that? That's like chemistry. Yeah. Biology. It's talking everything, actually. Math does that. You can't have negative numbers. Like, mm-hmm. that's. No one thinks about that either. It's crazy how it like, works. What if you had a simple understanding? If you had a simple understanding, it's the acceptance that it's really that simple. Yeah. That's the key to it. Mm hmm. Because it's like, I guess, an increase in complexity is what makes it turn negative because you can't almost handle it in a way so sometimes it's almost like figuring out at what state like what level of difficulty can you handle 
but realizing that you know the routes to get to different levels of difficulty. So how do we make say it this easier, on Earth? Simple, or you can make it hard, whichever you want. Facts. All the, it's, it's only a choice. So with that same understanding, let's say to we wanted to omit the word fail from Basically everybody's Basically love at that point, right? Yeah. Where's my homegirl Lisa at? I need her for these. Because she's like, she taught me about what that really means. Love, being able to truly mm-hmm. speak and see another. What is your motto? I can't even remember. My motto? Who knows? Hmm. I used to do this a lot. Just like text someone thank you for no reason. Just being like, I feel grateful for you. I'm going to let you know. That's actually a pivotal thing in relationships. Mm. To, it's taken me a while to start understanding it, but to be reassuring. Mm, reassurance. That's interesting. Of your faith to the people around you. Facts. And it works on all levels, like of relationships, business relationships, life relationships. Even the ones you don't even know. I guess you don't notice at that particular moment in time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And what's crazy is when you say, like, thank you to yourself. Never did it. Me neither. Let's, let's have a moment Why of thanks you for yourself. Thank you, me. <laughs> <laughs> and what were you saying? Oh. Why not have... I don't know. Guess you can have it. Oh, <laughs> uh, so you after high school, what or at least at the ending of high school, when you're getting ready to think about college. Like, what was going on through your head at that point? Dude, I applied to and MIT. Like, I applied to MIT and Caltech. Mm-hmm. Those like, is it Caltech that's the other top top with MIT? Yeah. Okay, I applied to those two. I was like, I'm probably not gonna get in. I fucking made like um. I made a rejection video from MIT because I was just laughing it off. I was like, I didn't even want to get in anyways. That's literally how I went to tech because I did some summer programs at like Emory. I went to Carnegie Mellon uh, the year before I even applied to college back in junior year. Oh, Carnegie Mellon? That's that's one of my early catalysts. That was my favorite experience. Really? Yeah. What about it? Seeing Going to college in high school, that's the perfect time to go to college. Yeah. Going to college before high school you could do it it doesn't really do too much i guess the key is that so the first experience i had of actually realizing the games like say hackable was back back in back when i first became homeschooled i had a like a spanish training so i run okay here's a here's a secret i don't know if you're ready for this yeah i run a medical interpreting and translate institute purely for bilinguals i don't speak another language I only speak one language. It's like a magic trick. And you realize what you needed and you're like I just why like, can I just give everybody else it? <laughs> exactly. I was just like, there you go. I know how to do this. There you go. Dang. I just did it for fun. That shit's fun. It is. And then She's building a desk now? How does that work? Okay. She probably she probably found a video game. This girl she learns the video games. I was like, she wait, what did she, what was the story she told me about why she even gained the ability to learn the video games? Her computer. 
she built a whole as a desktop because you played a video game about building PCs. And then I there was a game, a simulator. Yeah, it was a simulator. She just learned it like that. Like five seconds. I mean, that's useful though. What if you made things into simulators? Oh, welcome love. I use that language. Dang. Damn. How does she know? That's crazy. So even though you had all these entrepreneurial desires and you were really mentally, like in my opinion, you'd be set up to, you know, be like, I have revenue coming in. Yeah. Uh, or at least even if I don't, I know how to make revenue for myself. Yeah. Wherever I go. Exactly. What led you to then say, you know, let me come to college? Was it just the experience? It was 100% the experience. Okay. Because I'm starting to speak fast because this, this subject makes me excited because this is like, these are all pivotal moments, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the true value of college itself. So, coming to college wasn't about the education because my mom had already taught me what everything I needed to know back in that brief period of time after kindergarten when I was homeschooled, when she started drilling me on like learning my multiplication tables like i was like i don't ever need that yeah. i used it just yesterday like we were working with some investors like this dude lake came from like an investment firm i'm not even sure where minimal linkedin but pull that off figured out the perfect ratio for a win-win between us and this investing company so now we can work with some investors with ratios that are actually perfect for us there's never a point where we go negative if we do this deal mm-hmm. like it's it's perfect negotiation exactly absolutely perfect so back to my point what you just came purely for the experience i came purely for the experience boom just like that trillion dollars dang magic then what <laughs> what was running through your mind like freshman year maybe those first couple weeks like i feel like that that's the best moment of college in itself when you come in Freshman and you don't year. know anybody, oh so like God. you're like, let's go How meet people. Why did like, that happen? What they're just like, hey, I'm, you can play with the big kids now. But it's like, how do you start a story at the climax? I. That's interesting. That's that's hella interesting. Because that's literally like, I, at least for me in my mind, Ooh. like, you came in there. I was just waiting to like meet. A whole bunch of people. It never happened. Because it just got better. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what was going through your mind around those times? Well, for me, this is one of those times. Mm -hmm. This is a catalytic experience. Understanding, perceiving from new levels, combining the information I already gained into new perspectives that can allow me to expand in ways that I didn't think of before. Yeah. Like, this is how I create my businesses, basically. Mm-hmm. This is how I have, like, a lot of my key core ideas. I don't try to plan on them, try to figure yeah. out how to do them, but I have those ideas. I can process. I use my notes, write it down. Yeah. I mean, when I'm ready, I know exactly what to do at any point. So you feel like you don't find ideas, you stumble on them? Oh, facts. Okay. There's a, there's a word. I think it's, like, cottywomple that... um is the exact word for that oh, that reminds me of this amazing person I met recently this baddie Raven do you know her? no it's an interesting name um, you're familiar with Team Titans yeah? yeah yeah. it's like an interesting dynamic 
of how names of say animals like she's named after an animal but it's gotten to the point where i don't even think about that that was like fuck that's a cool ass name i like that and it's interesting because she's followed by some of my favorite people and it's interesting because i've never thought of using instagram like that like seeing i say the connections between different groups of people and who's actually connected to all the people you actually is that her instagram Huh? Is that her Instagram? Yeah. No. I've never seen her. You've never seen her? Dude, she text, goes to school. That's crazy. Text humongous. Huh? Text humongous. It's like... That's the thing. Have you... Have you ever thought that you put so many people in college? Like, you have 5,000, 20,000, 50,000 people universities. And it goes perfectly but, fine. Yeah. You'll do? never meet all of them. We'll never meet all of them. And everybody's on such different paths. Exactly. It's just so compressed. I'm about to do something. Ooh, you know why I dropped out of college when I knew I was ready? I figured out how to have the experience, like the key core experiences that I needed directly from college. I figured out how to put that in my regular life. That's the Portugal thing I was talking to you about. This, it's, first of all, it's a tax write-off, perfectly fine. It's just like a little adventure camp. Mm-hmm. Second, because it's like a business expense, they actually have key business. Um, what's it called? Like it's like events inside of the event, but cheap enough that you can feel comfortable going. I guess it's like you can think of it as like group coaching, but it's like for CEOs and people who are the entrepreneurs in the events of the world. Like you have mm-hmm. hackers, all different ranges of individuals. So I think that's key. What was I talking about? I don't know, but it led me to my next question. So. <laughs> Gotta love it. So, you, part of your business is you do a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. How do you usually go with actual like events planned, or you go with an idea and you just try to make something happen? I I respond to the situation in whichever way is perfect. Okay. So. First of all, the reason I first went to Puerto Rico, originally I wanted to, I either wanted to go to Panama or Bali first. But the reason I chose Puerto Rico is because I have an adopted sister that we adopted last month. She's from Puerto Rico. Okay. So it was like, in a way, I wanted to better understand her by just going to where she was from. Because that's one of the key ways, seeing the environment, seeing how it's raised. And then once you learn how to be a part of that culture then you can see from that person's point of view. Exactly. And so I feel like that's one of the key reasons you'd want to go to college and you'd want to have these experiences at these perfect times. It's so that you're not necessarily going to meet all the people of these different cultures, but because it's so tightly nested together in this time period, you'll have the chance of meeting enough like-minded individuals of different cultures so that you can actually share the same point of view. Yeah. That's the key reason why I went to college. And the key reason I left college, it was time for me to move on. First, see who are the people that could come with me mm-hmm. and who are the people that would take me to the place I wanted to go. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> I agree with you on that because I believe now that college is less about what you actually learn, but more about the experience and the network. You pay for the network. Mm-hmm. You pay for all the events, the random events that are going on around here. And different networking socials 
the sponsors. These are all relationships that you can make. It's all possible. You just have to be conscious and know that, you know, like every it's decision, working. you have to know what your goal is. Mm-hmm. You also have to know how each thing will help you get to your goal. Mm. You know, it's interesting. Fulfillment, the pursuit of fulfillment is a goal. You don't really think about fulfillment as something that you achieve. It's like something that you're always pursuing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And kind of similar to that thought process of fulfillment being a goal. That's why I created my reality realization company. It's the thought process of instead of fulfillment as a goal, what happens if you live from fulfillment? Like you're in an ever present, kind of ever present moment tourist field in a way of just fulfillment itself, being able to make decisions from that, being able to strategize from that state. I mean, it's similar to the theory of coherence. I mean, these are some of the things that I was like studying back when I was in Puerto Rico. So key things in my opinion yeah i feel like having for my future children if they don't have a goal in mind with college Mm -hmm. or one that is advisable that college is the correct route to take i won't advise it to them exactly and that's the beauty of it that's what makes it so perfect like my friend right now she's in film school for what she wants to do and for what she's able to do now she really doesn't need film yeah. school but it's because she has the desire to like learn more about this from the best of the best yeah. and she has the ability to do so go for it go like for do it. what you yeah. want and that's the beauty of life you have to, so we all have a plethora of choices to make oh, facts. and they're all open to so just like which ones do you make and which ones do you don't mm-hmm. cuz like even now as much as i have lost faith in just like the education system in the US I still feel like it will work out in my favor because mm-hmm. you know i see myself as like painting your making your own my player mm. right like you want your my player to look like this and he does this or whatever yeah <laughs> uh it's all about building your image and one of those things in my image was being a mechanical engineer yes sir why but i feel like even now that we're in the situation where we are is i feel like education is about to take like a serious 360 I still feel okay like being able to know what I know and the skills I learned from mm-hmm. a degree while but consciousness is a real thing facts dang so what kind of activities were you up to during your time in college mm. and what was going on when I never seen Donnie cause like we'd see each other in passing on campus mm, usually definitely definitely that's, I'm pretty sure that was most of our interactions. Maybe yeah. like a few parties. Because I remember we met, we, I met you at a uh, campus visit day. Campus, was it, wait, that was like the pre-campus experience, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was one, it was like a GT day, mm-hmm. something like that. We were back in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea. I think, I think, you know, you know the reason why I really went to Georgia Tech? Really? Dude, the freaking, we, my mom convinced me to go to an interview here because my aunt's. My aunt show used to work in the library here. Okay. So I had like early access, I guess you could th- think about it. And so she really convinced me because that's where I got a lot of my more advanced books, like got tech library. So after having that experience, I went to like one of those little interview things, like where you use like those little intimate groups and all that. Yeah. And I like wrote my interviewee. She was beautiful. I think I fell in love with her first before I fell in love with Georgia Tech. <laughs> what kind of interview was it? 
it was about the campus itself. It it kind of portrayed to all aspects of the campus that actually mattered to me mm-hmm. before I even knew that those were the things that were important to me in a way. Yeah. Like, she was able to say, read my mind in a way and figure out what was the aspects of going to Georgia Tech that would meet the needs that I needed specifically mm. for almost every aspect of like the experience that I wanted, kind of creating that game in a way that all of those are met. Okay. Because I mean, if you think about the value of experience that every single moment is meaningful and has value, you have to also kind of have the awareness that those periods of time when you think you're messing up, when you think that something wrong per se is happening, these are kind of key periods when you realize you've never messed up in the first place. And it's that continuation that leads you to kind of greater levels of knowingness, being able to live from that experience that in like every aspect of your reality. Yeah. So what were those things that you were most anticipated about about tech mm-hmm. that you put in that survey or interview? I'm pretty sure the key reason is that I showed no interest. Okay. Because I hated Georgia Tech before I actually came here. And that's the beauty of it. Because I actually really wanted to go to MIT and Caltech. But in like an ironic way, I was like, I have no idea why I'd want to go. It just feels like the right thing to do. Yeah. Or the right thing to think about that I didn't do. Um, But yeah, that was, I guess, the key thing. It was the unknown that resonated to me in like such a deep core level that I didn't need to think about it or yeah. learn about it or understand it. I was just like, this is perfect. Yeah, there is a lore about college oh, for that sure. makes people gravitate to it, even though they don't have any business being here. You know, you know one of the interesting things I like to think about in relation to that? It's kind of like a middle schooler not going to high school parties. But yeah. it's the thought process that because even though they didn't go to any parties in high school, that doesn't mean that there wasn't a reason why. What if they just didn't vibe with those people and they knew that? So yeah. they didn't go to any high school party because they knew that when it was college time, they'd find people that actually fit their energy and yeah. actually be able to have that experience they were looking That's for. That's what's great about college. I feel like you find yeah. your group and what you your actual mm. interests are in college. Facts. But in the beginning, it's a lot like high school. Mm. And the fact that it's just like a mod podge. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, people. What is going what's on? What's going on here? <laughs> uh, man. That's how I feel. That's how I'm more just like. Were you a summer freshman? I should have been. You should have been. Were you in that other thing? I was in challenge. Yeah. I, knew, I met That's everybody in challenge. Yeah. And you know the reason why I went to challenge? Because oh, wow. I met Genevieve back in Carnegie Genevieve. Mellon. And then because I always hang out with Genevieve when I was back in Carnegie, I was like, this is my girl. This is the only person I know at Tech. <laughs> Hold up. So what did you do at Carnegie Mellon? Oh, my goodness. Carnegie is when I learned, like, everything. Okay. Before I went to Carnegie, I was researching neuroscience and kind of, like, brain training. Like, if you think of metaphysical for energy brain training is like the metaphysical nature like the neuroscience community okay so i was researching brain training and nootropics and things like that more like your biology trying to like figure out what that key edge was because i was only goal-centered i didn't i didn't have the perception that there's another way that i could see and so it was at that point when i really started moving into a new direction being able to see more understand more i met a lot of like my really close friends, a whole bunch of people who I just fly to, um, 
they've all came from Carnegie, not really from high school. I have like some tight people from high school, but they're not they're not necessarily the people that I'd be like, oh, I can go hang out with this person at some point. We're gonna talk about like reality creation or yeah. like these type of things, and it's being able to understand the dichotomy of some people at certain times you want to experience for one thing and something else at another. Like I'm pretty sure at some point with the way the world's going. I'll be able to go back to high school, be able to hit up my dude Isaac and be like, bro, you know my unified physics log? He's like, bro, I'm an engineer in that. What do you mean? Like, when that experience happens, that's when I know it's funneling back. Yeah. Like, right now, saying that and then being able to understand that I could see that, that's, like, absolute manifestation. That's, like, some free energy and free energy money type Mm-hmm. next level stuff I'd say so this was all like post high school pre post and during okay so this is the you probably already graduated yeah like dual enrollment or not even mm-hmm. dual enrollment it's like a research program almost it was basically a research program cause I have I have computer science projects back from then that would make me seem like a freaking next level dude since Carnegie's CS program was like top 10 also a tech man but nah I really just had that experience not even really knowing what I was going into I mean it was basically junior year I would say okay if you want to put like a time to it yeah mm-hmm. so then what made you want to go to well you said the experience but other than that why'd you end up like coming in at CS I mean I would feel like you came in and got more CS skills because you're already working on that type of stuff CS is a great skill to have. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I wanted a repetition in a way. I wanted to learn about algorithms. Okay. I wasn't conscious and I wasn't really conscious of it really until this past week of really understanding why algorithms were important to me. Like, I went to CS camp. I think it was at like Emory back in many, maybe middle school. My mom put me in. I was like ID tech or something like that. One of those elites. Bro my um like the the course instructor her name was like samus or something but the thing is that samus is a video game character. yeah i don't actually know her name <laughs> is that being able to have those experiences that such deep connection between something i already loved and yeah. the experiences i was having i think that's the reason i associated computer science with that because i had that experience at a young age and that's what kind of fed its way up where even though i know i was like i'm not going to use cs i I already even understand the people I need to hire for what thing. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to use CS. But understanding that I had such a deep connection to the experience that I couldn't break it until I realized it was no longer for me. Gotcha. So then moving forward, were you working on your first business while you were in school? Mm, Like in college? So let's see. I started, I didn't start my first business. It's like a, say, a partnership with my mom. Yeah. So that's the one I started back in, say, middle school. Um, I had to convince her to let me, like, at least do, like, a little bit for maybe, like, research for the company and things like that because you can't work yet. Yeah. That was one of her principles. She wanted me to, like, really get my knowledge in before I started working too much. Um, but, yeah, moving from that stage to the other stage when I really started moving into a more educational type of space that was really instrumentally based by my mom okay. for the most part so I'd say that was my key okay and 
what kind of skills did you gain or what kind of skills did you recognize that you were learning at that time? Like, define that. Like, as far as a business person, mm-hmm. even though you said you were in middle school around that time, mm-hmm. starting a business. So from there up to starting college, what kind of skills did you recognize about you that you were learning or had like different mastery of compared to your peers? Hmm. One thing I always remembered, one of the key events around when I came say conscious of me as a person back yeah. when I was like nine, was one day remembering that people were getting their grades back for this little like math test, right? It was like the childish, the most childish thing ever. But I remember this so clearly that we were all getting our grades back for this math test and I just had this sense like because my mom taught me math at an advanced rate by the time I learned it and say you like the kindergarten fifth grade type of state of time it was at that point that I realized I already knew everything they could have taught me at that level yeah and it was having that knowingness that like held had me glide through the rest of my life pretty much because I always knew I had I already had the ability to know more than I thought I need to know. Got it. Dang. Crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Really. And kind of uh give me a little bit of a timeline as far as your progression from I'm here for the experience and I'm, I want to enjoy my time here to all right it's time to go like peace out college so first I came in grinding um I didn't I, even though I already had the catalyst I applied the information I got in a different way and that setting me up for the second time I had a catalyst basically yeah like every catalyst if you if you want to think of a climax in the form of a story per se yeah it would basically be at every climax of the story this is the catalyst point it kind of launches into the next catalyst yeah so you know so it actually restarts you know you don't necessarily see the story progressing until you have basically enough catalyst until you have pretty much a satori moment mm-hmm. it's at that key catalyst that you have say the insight that it's always been happening when you see the past yeah in the way so when was when were those catalyzation moments realized by you or what did those moments look like? Mm, what did they while look you like? Here? I would say something instrumental that no one really thinks about was that really television, say the 2000s to 2010, the reason why it grew so popular so fast, mm-hmm. this, you have to think about it in the way of when a new technology comes out, it's usually given directly to the adults of the industry. That's what you're consciously aware of. But then there's some certain technologies that are almost only consumed by the children without any mediation from the adults having, say, an awareness other than what they see experientially. Yeah. So if you think about it, like the television in the format when content moved from, say, black and white to educational, say, Elmo, things like this, no one talks about Elmo. Why does no one talk about Elmo? Elmo is instrumental for children. No one talks about that. I don't I don't even think I thought about that. Yeah. But it's understanding like Sesame Street taught you the dynamics of how to 
relate to a different group of people, yeah. different colors, different sizes, different beliefs, different perceptions, different understandings of reality itself. That is how children learn in that kind of time period. Yeah. Because I remember when I was like in that kindergarten era, it was it was like 5 a.m. wake ups when we go and leave for school. Because I actually transferred from my original location to another school mm-hmm. to actually get, be able to experience a better education at Strong Rock. It was being able to have that experience, remembering that the education I did get, because I didn't get it in the environment that I was in, was during that, that pivotal time in the morning where I had TV, when yeah. I was watching them, when I was watching these shows. That was where I learned how to become a person, kind of. Yeah. And it's interesting to kind of think about how those are the things that are necessarily portrayed to individuals at the level who could really understand that. So the way I'm understanding it is that at some point while you're here or still a student, you had a period in time where you realized that everything that you needed to know to do what you needed to do, you already knew. Yep. <laughs> And you were just like, I've enjoyed my time here enough. I'm ready to go. Yeah. It's time for me to vibe. I got you. Because I was thinking about, like, how doctors work. Like, I was thinking, like, you you know, um, like, some dude produces something amazing enough to get, like, an honorary degree or whatever, right? Yeah. Honorary degrees are still degrees. It's just the university that they're attached to almost makes it seem like they're not accredited or whatever. Yeah. Like... I went to Georgia Tech. I was in what one of their top five majors, computer science. I got in as a CS student, so that's like elite of the elite or whatever. Dropped out. I go to another university. I study natural medicine. I'm actually a doctorate student in natural medicine. But because this university is only accredited with the actual healthcare systems, the ones you're doing the accreditation itself, yeah. and not this like university or this body of universities, yeah. it's almost like not good enough. And I understand that adults understand it. I had to run this by my mom like five times before I was sure. Mm-hmm. But for someone my age in the system, understanding that I could get a degree that allows me to travel while actually getting the elite education. Like I've studied these people personally. Dr. Joe Dispenza, Nassim Haramein. Like these are the dudes who are like the Einsteins and Leonardo da Vinci's of our present moment age. And like to be able to learn from these individuals and have the desire to do so next level like they sent me a vr headset so i could take an anatomy class like they're at the cutting edge so explain a little bit more about your second take in the, the academia world my second Going, take of the academia world but not I even love. being an undergraduate anymore you didn't finish undergraduate i didn't now finish undergraduate now you're a doctorate like, student <laughs> how did that happen whoa i manifested this basically how did that work manifestation bro how did that work or actually before That's we get into that that's so long. What happened? What happened, <laughs> what happened in between that period of time? <laughs> Dang, what did happen? I'm, I'm pretty sure my route generally goes education, experience, education, experience. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think around Carnegie Mellon's when I really gained the awareness that that time frame from education to experience was really shortening. Okay. So pretty much I've hit the state where... I can learn and experience at the same time. Like for me right now, I'm learning right now. Yeah. These are key things that I'm going to now go back home, maybe write in my notes, maybe actually interact with individuals based off of 
what I've learned during this podcast. Mm-hmm. Go be able to apply that and experience more what I thought could happen. That's the key. Correct, Amundo. Mm-hmm. So, during that time, you were probably working on your business more, a little bit. And what else was going on? Was it just a lot of thought? Mm. I know you did traveling in that time. I mean, I've been traveling my whole life. I'm talking about <sighs> travel. I think travel is one of the key experiences as well. Like, I never really thought about it too much. But in a way, Disney was pivotal to my like development. Like, low-key, Disney popped. I can't remember it in my young, young age, but I'm pretty sure that's kind of how I got a structuring for my daydreaming pattern and my the patterns of my dreams. It was the connection of the mysterious, the unfathomable, with that which was experientially real. Kind of being able to create a model and combine those two together in a way that was still pleasing to experience because I had to experience it. Realizing that and being able to experience it in the way that was valuable and fulfilling for me, that was really the key for me. That was really the key. Man, it was traveling like taught you, especially I haven't been out to Europe, but I know that it's just, it's a kind of like a different world. Same parallel, same. It's like a parallel people, universe, same, but like a parallel universe. Type it's a parallel thing. universe. That's how countries work usually. Mm-hmm. Do you have to deal with the language barrier a lot? Um, like when I was in Panama, because my mom's from there, um, I didn't speak Spanish. I didn't think to think like speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. I just vibed out, and all I remember was it felt. I felt like I was Tarzan eating mangoes and shit. It was amazing. So, in terms of my enjoyment, when I was the age that I was when I went, I popped off. <laughs> what the heck? It popped off. It was so good. Shoot. I only remember the best things from that experience. We talked about something that we should have brought up heavily. Most likely. Probably how your business was shut. Or, like, what you were doing with your business. Which one? Uh, First one. First one, medical interpreting, Dr. Yeah. Lee. Yeah, yeah, medical interpreting. Yeah. The Medical Interpreting and Translating Institute Online. Yeah. You have ads? Uh, yeah, we just made our first commercial. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so speaking about like that first project that you're still working on, it's kind of like your baby. It's it's my yeah. baby for real. Like, I, it's like an... I feel like... It feels like a baby, but it's more like my brother. It's weird. It's always it's like, been around. It's always been around. My mom started when I was like conscious of experience. And I think one of the one of the key reasons was that when I was homeschooled, you you think about the kids when you think of homeschooling for some reason. You only think about the kids, but you don't really think about say the environment when homeschooling was popular. This was the key time when females were introduced to an environment that allowed them to flourish. But now they had to come back and raise children. And that almost caused a misperception for people my age, thinking it was almost a bad thing. But basically realizing that it was just part of the system that allowed for growth, that it was like a good thing all around, allowed, say, a continual advancement into a greater level of experience. Yeah. So, more truth. Exactly. So tell us, or give the 
listeners a better understanding of what you do in medical interpreting. So what we do in the medical interpreting field is, well, first, we're in interpreting training organization. So we basically give bilinguals what they need to know to become medical interpreters and translators because a lot of times people are out in the world experiencing but they're not getting the fulfillment, the value they're really looking for from their jobs, maybe not the flexibility or the salary. Whatever gives them value, they're not receiving from their current job. And by being a medical interpreter, these bilinguals, what this enables them is that they can use their own bilingual ability, something that's innate, something that's easy, natural for them even. Being able to help people in this way, it's like the greatest joy you could get. Being able to give the gift of comfort to another through language it pops off exactly and having an ulterior motive that not that doesn't benefit yourself but it's more towards a greater good because mm-hmm. here's how i think here's how i think if time is an experience time is something that happens if you give to the greater good if you push forward a true positive agenda with enough force, what happens is it collapses time. This is what enables you to basically make your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. That, that's the key. Yeah. Being able to give more good than you receive so that you're always... It's a Taurus field. It's You give and then it receives. It's like a wave. Because the waves of Taurus field as well. It's all science. It's really all science. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. So are you saying in a way that eventually if you keep on giving, or not just us as individuals, but if we keep on giving over time, down the road, people will be able to see the fruits of their labor. Facts. That's Very, how it works. It's sooner. amazing. Sooner. Yeah. Because you have to think about it. Like, say farmers, for example. Farmers died out because they couldn't like get enough food. Now the problem with food isn't the farmers dying from not having enough food, but it's, say, down the poverty line. But because we're producing at such a rate, and we're optimizing is the word I'd like to use. That's what I used to call myself an optimizer. But if you optimize enough, what you're going to be able to do is reach basically an equilibrium point where it like flips off. Yeah. And so it reverses negative and positive. So there's going to be a point when there's no people who die of hunger. And when that point occurs, when people no longer die of hunger, you have to imagine what type of world we're going to be living in, both for them and for us. Yeah. It's an actual win-win, the perfect game. But how many times do we see that in game three we see of the that world? That's... It's because it's a tourist field. I, I go back to tourist fields, but it's because it's a tourist field. Like a win-win when two individuals both play a game with everything they have and they give it their all and they both win and it's not a draw. That type of game almost isn't perceptible. Like it's not something you can like. You can't define what it is that causes it, but you are experiencing it, so you know it's there. Yeah. Okay. So then, I had a question about, you're saying, as far as your mission statement, your goal for medical interpreting, you were talking about focusing a lot on people that are just not 
I'm saying they're not satisfied with their job. Yeah. Their job now, and they're not happy with it. So, is your marketing or hiring strategy towards those specific people? We, like, do you look out for people that we have in those situations? Five hundred interpreters that we've hired. We've hired. What is it? <laughs> we've hired everyone we've hired, other than myself, my sister, my older sister, I have a stepsister, mm-hmm. other than my stepsister, and I didn't even realize she was my stepsister until recently. But everyone, um, in terms of our main groups, I guess we are program specialists. We've hired from Fiverr because we wanted to support small businesses at the yeah. time, but um. Everyone else we hired was from our student group, every single person. I mean, right now, we have a new hire that's our first executive-level individual. Mm-hmm. Her name's Isabel. She runs Dr. Uh, it's something Dr. Souza Consulting, I believe. Um, she provides... She's, like, one of the key people in the medical interpreting field. Like, like... Think of Elon Musk or Bill Gates for medical interpreting. That's like her. Like, she's Iron Man. Yeah. It's pretty next level that we have that much clout already. So like, how do you get these Iron Mans? How do you get these Iron Mans? You don't get Iron Mans. Iron Mans, Iron Mans are the people who believe in you. Yeah. They believe in you to such an extent that you don't even really understand why they believe in you. They just do, and you're like, I'll take it. Thank you. Yeah. It's people you have natural gratitude for. Mm-hmm. That actually brings me to a good question. So, a lot of people right now may be thinking about starting a business, mm-hmm. and they want something where, or they at least see the life of, you know, office, employees, uh, mm-hmm. or it could be a startup, something small. However, they vision the size of it to be they want those key people those iron mans that help them reach their goals whether they build them up from you know to see their full potential or these people come from other parts of the industries maybe even competitors and join forces with them at starting out it seems like an impossible task Mm. but what do you think are a few ways that you can connect yourself to iron man people I would say to figure out the reason why you're in the right place at the right time. It's not it's not something happening in the future. Like the process may take time up until a future point, but it's that there's something happening right now that is the reason why you're succeeding, mm-hmm. why you're playing the game so perfectly per se. If you figure out a way to always be able to recognize that even if it happened in the past as soon as you recognize it you continue playing the game and I think about it like you know those savings games on like old computers or like old uh, TVs where it's like that little circle that like go to the corners and you always wanted to hit like that perfect angle Yeah, it reminds me of that like you almost feel pain when it doesn't get that perfect fit but there's no reason for it. It's not hurting you. It's just what it's meant to do. Yeah. And it's when you realize that. That it falls along in place. Yeah. It's like dominoes. Then what is your responsibility as a person who the Iron Man believes in to 
not only see your goal come through, but to see them reach their full potential. To help someone else reach their full potential, you have to enable yourself to reach your own full potential. Because the, the key is that, so there's this one thing that I learned. Oh, one thing I was doing back in um, when I was at Georgia Tech wasn't science, it was pure math. I was understanding of higher levels of exponentiation. Like, what are exponents on top of exponents to another exponent? Okay. How do those function? Um, I guess thematically, I was a visual person, so seeing graphs helped me perceive what was happening. Kind of figuring out that structure, that thought nature, and being able to apply it, that was one of the key things that helped me. Yeah, I would oh. say that was instrumental, that study of math. I got you. That's interesting stuff, man, because... I don't know, there's plenty, like, plenty of people want to get into fields that are already, I wouldn't say, like, overly saturated, but there's already a big market for it, and the market's already very competitive. I think that's what makes it beautiful. If you think about it, has there ever been a time when there hasn't been a new market? No. There's never been a time when there has not been a new market which means that there will always be there will always be a market an individual can move into. It's a tourist field, and that means that there's never going to be a time when a big market can be oversaturated, because it's not stagnant. It's a this company might end, but you at the same time this company end created something that became even bigger. Yeah. And because you created something even bigger, the diminishing it almost like this company gave you diminishing returns so you decided to rebrand it and give it to someone else so that they could play with it and change it into something even better mm -hmm. and it's that nature it's almost like um it's almost like how nature works the process of decomposing how this refuels the environment yeah. providing nutrients for the grass and the greenery that gets eaten by deers which produce this whole cycle of nature in a way like, i mean the seasons basically it's this is a key reason for business this is what business does yeah it's that process of creation basically yeah so and efficiency I mean, is a pivotal yeah. point in that yeah so talk to me more about like you have a lot of ideas I have a lot not, of ideas. Only, <laughs> not only do you have a business but you already have two more yeah in the making oh we what are your what is your outlook on efficiency and how quintessential that is to that's why i went business? yeah efficiency is why i went into the study of neotropics of why i went to the study of brain performance like you could ask um lisa drew alessandra freshman year what i was spending most of my time on and they'll say that I was like, I'd go to a party. I would have this book trying to ask people at the party what they thought my personality type was. <laughs> like, I was that head-ass person really trying to figure shit out. Um, but it was like that key instance which allowed me to understand more of myself and more of the direction I wanted to go for efficiency. It wasn't towards brain performance any longer. How does that keep happening? It wasn't towards brain performance anymore, but rather... A, a greater experience in itself of how you could both have the efficiency in this one category of life but also live from and experience everything else you wanted in any other part of life yeah at the same time basically mind blown 
that's the math, the original math. Mm-hmm. What I was trying to say, one plus one doesn't equal, say, two. It's what math allows one plus one to equal infinity. Pretty poetic, Loki. Exactly. Life is poetic, bro. Facts. You can... Lisa, oof. <laughs> There's so much Poetry. shit that you can see outside. Like, you literally just go outside and find something philosophical or something that you yeah. can relate back to life. It's... Maybe like a five, ten minute glance. What I like about life is that there's always more, but the key is that there's going to be a period where you always realize that there still will be more. Yeah. It's to seeing that there will always be more and there always will be more in that kind of funnel of seeing how the past and present all relates, why it's so important to experience, why what they actually mean when they say remember the past. Like it's instrumental to having a truly solid and fundamental perception of reality and the experience that you can have facts facts what do you think about manifestation all that are you into or are you yeah are you into what's this called law of attraction uh law of attraction is basically like a philosophy there's many different ways to manifest um, it just kind of depends on which one basically fits your vibe the best. Yeah. That's how I think about manifestation. So, law of attraction. Law of attraction, I think, is useful when you're wanting to apply it for specific things, like monetary gain, or get this specific person to be your soulmate. That's what you'd use law of attraction for. It's good. People choose that route. It's not really my vibe. Um, I actually created my own manifestation methodology so that it kind of fits my more strategic mindset where I'm like holistic. I want everything. I want everything to be perfect. That's kind of my nature. So trying to figure that out how I went to that. But I mean, Buddhist teachings, Christianity, these are all like strategies and perceptions of how to manifest. Just like think about heaven. What is heaven? When do you go to heaven? You go to heaven when you die. When do you die? So this has to be heaven now or heaven say a future state yeah but it's an always infinite future state right like here's something that i thought of when i was younger about heaven that like really had me think so if you die and then you go to heaven do you die in heaven or are you in heaven forever heaven is supposed to be eternal so if heaven's mm-hmm. eternal and you're always in heaven and then hell's eternal and say you can always be in hell because it's not like they're on say different time levels of infinity you'll say be in hell forever the only way this makes sense in a way that's not eternal damnation like straight 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 eternal damnation is if say time is all happening at the same time it's like present moment right yeah if you're in the present moment this means hell heaven in the world the garden of eden all of these experiences all happen at the same time it's homeostasis basically and so the reason you experience hell is because that's something you actually experience you experience hell for an eternity because time goes on infinitely past present and future yeah and so then heaven would also be occurring in the present moment so what you'd want to think at this point is well if that's the case why can't i be in heaven now why do i feel like i'm in hell why do i feel like nothing's happening the reason you can experience these different states of being is pretty much what frequency 
are you at kind of perceptionally wise yeah like for me for the longest time because i had that experience when i was say nine of like achieving my goal and then feeling as if it wasn't what i wanted it to be like i wanted more and that felt uncomfortable to want more because i had that experience i kind of numbed myself honestly up until recently when i continued my study and figured out kind of the keys to reality but it was that numbing of myself that made even if you i like i had every experience you could possibly want as a child travels adventures girls like imagine being a child you first start liking girls and then all of a sudden they're all on you oh bro it's reality but having that experience at that age you're like the fuck that's possible that can't be possible is that okay it's an interesting experience of perception i'm interested what happened with these girls no it was was literally nothing it was like maybe looking at a girl deeply in the eyes like that level of child oh okay like but that still hits because you you don't perceive the other things that come next Mm -hmm. so the only framework you have like you know what i want to liken this to they did it was a psychological experiment they did on children like non-invasive all that whatever but it was basically they had a kid look at a playset, and like this is something I learned in freshman at Georgia Tech. Why Georgia Tech is legit for your freaking whatever your, what are they called the things that you have to do, your general one? I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> back to the children. They had this child study where these children had to look at a playset and then identify what were some of the things in that set, and the things that were pointed out was the trees it was the plants it was the animals it was the people what they did not notice was that there's a volcano in the middle of the playset the volcano erupted in the playset because you know like the volcano experiments the children didn't notice they couldn't perceive it being something experiential and so us in our minds was like but if they don't see what that will do, they'll do it. And so it's the understanding of being able to understand the mistake because the mistake's almost necessary for you to basically no longer make mistakes. Yeah. It becomes only a mistake based on what you perceive to be true. If you can understand in relation to time that what someone else is experiencing is exactly what they need to experience and allow them to experience that to live from that state of being that's the key that allows you when you're ready when you say you go to therapy you go to different modalities energy healers when you have say your base your your root structure your thought process solid and you have your emotions solid it's only at that point when you're both say financially and emotionally secure enough to move into a greater level of say manifestation because something that I didn't necessarily like about law of attraction is that there isn't much emphasis on how um, if you want something and you manifest a particular outcome how that outcome can also not give you what you're actually looking for so like say you wanted like one of the things i wanted to manifest when i first started 
was I was really into soulmates for some reason. I've always been like that. But I was really into the thought of having a soulmate. But the experience I had was that I'd always get these girls and they'd be perfect for me at that exact time. But they they didn't have the essence of someone I could grow with for both the future point, but then also where I was at during that moment based off of what I believed at that moment. So it was it was a strange process of never figuring out that fit that really evolved into a greater level of understanding. But the reason why I brought up law of attraction is that without understanding that there's a continuation for manifestation, like when you manifest one thing, it's not just a single action. It's that it'll have the essence at that moment. But if you don't live from that feeling after, say, that trigger point, it's not going to continue. You're going to, going to have those dips. This is, think of lottery winners and think of um, quadriplegics. If you look psychologically, their mental state, say if someone wins a lottery and 12 months on the axis, they're like at the peak of an exponentiation curve. Yeah. But what happens is that, say, 12 months to four years, they've adjusted, they've gone through different seasons of having this experience. It decays. And when it decays, it goes back to the homeostasis. Now, on the other end, quadriplegics, someone perfect prime of their life, loses the ability to use all kind of functions of movement for like physical experience almost other than sight and sound and what occurs is that at this point they also go into a negative spiral for say 12 months a negative exponentiation curve if you will what happens is that after this period they flip basically and goes in the other way they go back to a homeostasis back to more of a positive neutral a zero point per se yeah and what happens is that four month, four, four years later, if you compare both the quadriplegic and the person who won the lottery, what you'll find is that they They're both at the are at the same fucking level. That's fucking crazy. And so the only actual thing that you can really surmise from that potential is that this is a variating curve, and the only thing different is that you are... You're, a piece of the puzzle but you control your puzzle piece yeah it's your level of homeostasis exactly you can raise the level of homeostasis yeah oh dude this thing is back to my theories i used to have gotcha. journals on journals you could hit a lisa about this i had like 15 journals back freshman year just theories on theories oh my goodness dude because i read a book on the law of attraction mm-hmm. and then after i read it i started like just researching it because like it's a good resource and a law of attraction teaches you a lot of great things but it's not like a how's it, it's not a end-all be-all type situation and what i found was that a lot of people are like yeah it doesn't work or it's like too methodical but really law of attraction teaches you how to be in that mindset of optimism or raising your homeostasis level so that it's at a certain point the highs won't be as high and the lows might be low or they might not be as low but you're at a higher level so that you don't feel the same gratifications once you're at a perceived level of homeostasis or optimism you have an understanding of life where you understand that things happen 
and the goal in life is not to be happy forever the goal in life is not to be sad forever but to always be cognizant and conscious of those times and grateful that they happen I feel like I'm in the group you get credits for those holy I just forgot we developed this new initiative called our CEU subscription program I completely Mm -hmm. forgot that we did that because usually you charge like what three hundred fifty, eight hundred fifty dollars for one of our forty-hour courses because yeah. this is lead eligible education. But I have the freaking genius idea that I could charge what say ninety-nine dollars if someone does an annual subscription, they get access to every single CU they could ever need, probably more than they would ever need because you only need to renew your medical and servicing CUs like every three months. What this does is it allows anyone, someone who's in the industry, someone who doesn't even know about the industry, someone. Who, Someone who doesn't even speak another language yet. Think about this. What happens when everyone like becomes bilingual in multiple languages? Yeah. This is what gives the AI information to create a translating application per se, right? But the key is that beforehand, for the AI to have the data to be able to do this, it needs a model. What is artificial intelligence? What is technology model? Human experience. So if it's going to model human experience, what first has to be the precursor is for humans to have a high-level experience of interacting with different languages and different perceptions. Because I don't... Okay, this is a say an off-topic, but it's about language. Okay, so the reason I'm in Meteo and I don't speak languages is because I study linguistics mm-hmm. or um, semantics, which is the art of how specific words, specific languages have particular meanings. I did this when I was studying Latin back in, say, middle school. Um, but it's the key that language isn't just the words. So if two speak people speak the different language and a person has a word for this and this language and a person has a word for it in another language, not even the words hold a meaning, but the ability to intuitively understand the emotion and guess the, the intuitive feeling that a word gives you, this has a different context, a different... It almost has a different cultural environment that gives you your perception of that word. Yeah. And because of that, when you use this word in this different language and you have the feeling of that word in that language, it's a different word. It's a different thing entirely. Exactly. And it's not only the words you say, but the emotions exactly. back behind it as well. Mm-hmm. And emotions is, if you think of downloads, like metaphysical downloads, it's emotions that give you the ability to create a word yeah it's expression then what do you say in the case of a person that is bilingual mm-hmm. or they've learned a second language but even if you speak a second language you yes. don't have the same like yes, backing yes, yes. of it as your first language exactly or the same emotions behind it because so, those words have a different meaning entirely okay so Ooh, what do you going, think of how how do you think the actual native speaker of that second language mm-hmm. understands those words? Okay, so I have two theories on this. One from, say, natural language studies. This is the thought process that um, this individual speaks this language, so they have this emotions due to like the how the words are structured, why this literally is that, and like the shapes of it and shit. Yeah. And then there's a the second thought process on like say more metaphysical terms is that language itself has different emotions attached to it. It continues up and then it kind of flusters out. So if you go back to the natural language processing side of it, 
uh, this will go a little bit more psychology and human studies, mm-hmm. but there is a study um, a few years back where they visited this tribe that had like um, a more of a musical type language, uh, like ticks and knacks, yeah. things more in that manner. And they've discovered that for the word, say, blue, that they only had words for, say, the primary colors, like blues, oranges, reds. I don't know if those primary colors, I failed art. Mm-hmm. But um, this level of color depth was all they had to be able to express in their language. So this was a group of people who could not see the colors we see. And you're able to perceive that they weren't able, and they tested it. They had gave them different variations of colors that was like unlike a big enough range for you to like test for color blindness, mm-hmm. but not just color blindness, but the the ability to perceive that there's a difference. Like you can see different shades of gray if you're like looking at like a gray monitor, like different shades of this particular color, but the ability to like define two different colors as the same color because you don't see a shade difference either even if they're two different colors like red and yellow or some shit like that that's that's a different way of experiencing reality itself yeah and at that level of course once we understand what that means what that looks like it's no longer necessarily novel enough for us to report it and realize the value and the merits of it but when you have, say, that information to see different patterns, this is what allows you to actually create something new which already existed. So then, we've gone over the, the key point that different perspectives or like the different way you see something, such as a word or a color, affects your reality and your perspective of reality. Do you think that companies or not even companies but people have been begin to adapt and try to understand or cater to people's perspectives or the ability for different things to cause people to have different perspectives will there ever be a one size fits all <laughs> I love that question type of business model Ooh, okay 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 one size fit all applies that every size is possible to be fitted if there's never a point in time where you can experience all forms of business or all forms of perception then there can't be an all size fits all or one size fits all and so this is the perception of um conformity versus expansion but i think of it in utopian senses okay some people um, sometimes overlook a key aspect of the utopian model itself, and it's the framework that to create a utopia, what was happening was that it became a dictatorship. They tried to force individuals to basically get into a one-size-fits-all, to share, diff- share the same cultural pretext, the same language, but forced. It wasn't in a way where the individual adopting this perception felt that it was natural you could think of it like gaslighting like what if instead of gaslighting someone to kind of do this thing that you wanted them to do what if it was in such a way where the thing you wanted them to do they saw that it was something they wanted to do as well then you're both in agreement naturally and it's that perception that that's always possible which is why i don't necessarily say the one-size-fit-all approach 
is necessarily a real thing that you can be experienced. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see it every day. Yeah. Especially I mean, with like media. You said you use Twitter a lot, and that's what I see. So I use I use Twitter for my aesthetics. Um, I'm considered one of the latecomers to the Visco industry. Yeah. But um, uh, I use Twitter mostly because my friend JC she sends me Twitter media of very beautiful art designs and things yeah. like that from Twitter from Instagram. And that's basically what all my feed is at this point. Yeah. So I don't necessarily use it anymore in that such a way. Like, if you want to, if you want me to define the social media that I used for building personal relationships, that's Kick. Do you remember Kick? Kick. Bro, no one talks about Kick. Dude, nobody talks about Kick. No one talks about Kick. Kick was a different universe, dog. Kick was it? No, nah, Kick was really. It was. I feel like the kids our age, back. When we were maybe like five or six, when they used like MySpace, <laughs> yeah, that's that was our yeah. MySpace, bro. Dang, kick. <laughs> oh man. But I was talking about. So you said you don't use Twitter, but at least you see disputes on social oh, media yeah. about different issues going oh, yeah. on, and the fact that the media forces you to choose a side, and both sides want to see similar things, but because you're forced to choose a side or like pick your stance on a certain thing we'll never be able to come into agreement because we are only cognizant that or we tend to stick onto the fact that this person is on this side and i'm on the opposing side do you ever think anything or anyone could come in there and start to break away that construct Break the way the construct of being on opposing sides. Being on opposing sides, but having similar interests. Um, it I guess it means how you would define opposing. <laughs> I mean, if you define opposing as a bad thing, like <laughs> I'm gonna get back into fucking semantics, but think of the word opposing, what it stands for, what emotion it stands for. You generally will have more of a negative connotation to the word opposing. What happens if you're in opposition, but it's a win-win? That's the thought structure necessary for to basically create a reality where opposing viewpoints, opposing sides, is actually a good thing. But do you think will it's be, possible? Yeah. Do you think it's 100%. possible to match? Well, facts. How so? I mean, you have to think about. It's part of the evolution process in a way. Like, think about the things that we're actually pissed off right now. Mm -hmm. Think about 20 years from now. Will we still have the same emotional attachment to it if we've learned method, method, methodologies that allow us to kind of release those emotions, unleash the trauma, and actually heal from that? 20 years from now, if everyone healed from this current Black Lives Matter, from even the COVID situation, like, people are getting freaked the fuck out. Like... The, this is, the Karens really came from COVID and all of that rather than Black Lives Matter. Yeah. No one talks about how that's a different segment of perception entirely. It's a whole different experience and no one even like perceives it really. Everyone still hates COVID. And I, I think what's the most interesting thing about those two things is that COVID is political, but in the media world, it's not as political. Like people are like, that's a real thing. Environment. Fuck do you mean? But it, in the say black lives matter world if you look at those same accounts the perception they have on black lives matter is that it's not a political thing it's humanitarian mm -hmm. 
So what if Black Lives Matter uh, matters was humanitarian and COVID was political? What would the perception be like then? You're saying COVID is political. COVID's political. Black Lives Matter is humanitarian. Mm. Imagine. It depends what lens you're seeing it from. From U.S. media, you tend to see the more political sides of COVID. Yeah. But so if you could see both of them at the same time, what would that be like? Because that's the reality I'm trying to create. I mean, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Why? Like, tell me. No, I'm saying. Black Lives Matter is a humanitarian issue. <laughs> to come back, I love that. Yeah. It's definitely humanitarian and it fits in that spot. COVID would also be a humanitarian mm-hmm. issue. But now I'm stuck at the part where it's almost as if you can't fit two situations in the same slot. Yeah. So if you can't put two situations in the same slot and you don't really want to, then you, what if you don't say put them in the same slot but figure out a way to combine them because it's not a compromise because i well i personally have like say a negative association with the word compromise i don't see it as a win-win just yet i haven't experienced yeah. that but basically say a point in time occurs where something that i can define as a compromise occurs and it feels like a win-win it feels like i won and the other person won and it's a compromise boom it's perfect yeah. then but then could you could you put well i could understand it now is that mm-hmm. covid and blm are one big issue happening it's one event mm. but we're structured to handle it as two events mm-hmm. so and we have a set of resources partitioned off to do there's certain things they never work together on the same issues and they never experienced any type of symbiosis to get two birds down with one stone you know that's a weird metaphor because that has to imply that the stone can split so i mean that's quantum physics yeah that's a quantum physics metaphor that's crazy isn't it Mm -hmm. so then do you think the solution to our issues in the long run or the conflicts in the long run is that we just have to optimize to put both of the same resources towards both problems i mean the thought process i get okay so the thought process for me for that to make sense is that you have a limit of resources because think about it the only way you can't solve both problems at the same time is if you don't have enough resources to give to both of them what happens when you do that's when it's no longer a problem because you can solve it with the remaining things but i guess it gets i guess struck in translation if you're to think of it like a static event like it was only one thing yeah the one set of ingredients but think about it in the continuation like this makes me think back to um what i was saying earlier about food and like if if you think about it it's kind of food and water at the same time because though they're they're technically different things but they both resonate together like food and water go together you need them for survival yeah if you solve food and water this allows you to no longer need to say consume as much this indirectly solves environmental issues like fucking the fires everywhere i mean this is natural but like i don't want fucking fires everywhere it'd be great if it could just be vibey rainforest everywhere and it's not like a bad thing for fire to like not be as necessary it's just that's what we want 
it's good. It's just, I guess you also have to think of the thought process that it's like, in a way, you almost have to break things to make change. But it's like, it's weird because it's not you who's breaking something. It's, it's that you understand why the thing you broke was meant to break. And that, say, another generation or another perception, if it's not on the same wavelength, thinks that you actually broke something. And so it's at the point where every perception understands that at a point you understand no one really broke anything. That's what allows for the continuation of experience that really allows everyone to win. That's what I'd say. Wild. So what's this thing with gardening? Oh yeah, gardening? My girl Lisa. Um, So Lisa was one of the people that I met at the beginning of freshman year. I met the two people I remember the most, Lisa, Drew Bailey, and then my real and Cortland, because he started a clothing brand that was fire. Cortland. Cortland, yeah. the boy, yeah. But, um, yeah, so these two girls of my girl group, I have a girl group. I don't really have groups unless they're girls. I'm not sure it's always been a thing for me. But, like, that would be my girl group during that period. And then, I'm like, do you, do you remember Alessandra? Yeah. I had something with her for a bit. And that was like the the girl group during like the summer semester, um, freshman stuff, and that was different levels of experience. But while we're talking about this gardening, is that a Drew had uh, like a natural um, perception towards the outdoors, and that was like one of the first friends that got me interested in like hiking, biking, being outdoorsy person basically. Then that went more deep. Um, more in depth for where I wanted to go in live experience with Lisa that was more of like gardening fits with your whole ethos of good vibes and shit and it was like it wasn't something I understood consciously but I could like feel that it was correct even if I didn't know why so I was just like that makes sense I trust you so it was that experience of understanding and then being able to consciously understand it now so that it's like it's like an emotional but now also conscious understanding so it's like it's like that tourist hits the catalyst and now it's a new story I understand gardening I'm probably gonna have a fucking dope ass garden like it's gonna be a thing a garden house my friend Jolie has this picture it was like huge ass house but there's like plants on the windowsills plants everywhere it's like a plant house but it looks so vibey it's like um I guess 80s futuristic architecture but plants okay. shit pops whoa has gardening taught you anything oh, about facts. yourself in like facts. any ways you can apply it? Um, gardening, I do that, I guess. Gardening um, taught me the perspective of how decomposition is a process of life that allows for a continuation and growth. It's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. And understanding what that looks like in experiential forms, like say the death of this relationship isn't a death. Most of the times you won't even remember that you stopped talking to people. It's a natural process that allows for greater growth in the way that's perfect for all individuals. And so I guess it's that point in time where like you no longer get the pain of letting go and moving on and being able to allow that because you understand that there's more for you and more for them, that it's a good thing, it's a win-win. And when that feels good for that to happen, boom, that's when you really understand the game. And that's what I got from gardening. And I guess, I think if I really, really need to think about it, like, deeply, it's because Lisa's the first girl that spoke to me the same way I speak to myself, I think in terms of questions, and our conversations are just questions that are answered. 
and so that like I could understand what it meant in terms of what I was thinking about in that present moment and because of that like her interest became my interest but on a serious level like it made sense for where I wanted to go okay so she got me into poetry she got me into gardening she got me into some of the music I listened to like um what's it called we got Versace but then also I have no idea Still Woozy Still Woozy Still Woozy Yes She got me this Woozy Crazy How's yeah. music influenced? Well I have fucking thinking. AirPods in right now So you know Music is my Entire vibe Um I wasn't Well actually no I was good at music Um I played drums I did Some porn instrument I played piano I was pretty good at piano I was like Advanced 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 piano And so I was like I guess a young Mozart in a way, or all the piano fucking Wolfgang, but that level... Wolfgang? Bro, <laughs> classics. Whoa. Hey, man. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna need a sample. <laughs> a sample? A piano We'll sample. see, we'll see, we'll see. But, um, what was I talking about? How music influences yeah. me? Um, yeah, that young experience, I don't need it now, but it was very, very pivotal pivotal for me at that young age as that's one of the key experiences that allowed me to really see the patterns in the world because i think of music as emotion because say think of it in a psychological framework that's kind of the period of time when i learned music that was when i was developing emotions and so when i kind of gained consciousness of feelings as something important music was what i tethered to it so for me i feel music music is an emotion for me and so experiencing different emotions is what i tie to like my reality realization practices music is one of the key tethers i have for being able to say sustainable but that was in the past right now what i'm learning is that i can use music rather than something i'm dependent on but something as like an instrument and one of the ways of really seeing this is like right now i'm not listening to music these are just kind of comfortable now so now from say freshman year to now i'm actually able to like go about doing and creating things without having to have music around me like i remember two different instances where music got me in trouble with girls so i was walking back from a party with sig out back with drew because we were super tight we'd go to like all the parties together and everything and i was walking back but it was just i didn't feel right when i was walking back nothing was really happening i guess it was like a seventh sense or something i'm just some like dude in china getting mad at his wife or something i don't really know but it was like that experience triggered me to put in my headphones and have to vibe out so that i could feel better so i could feel like i could continue but then looking over and i guess i interrupted something important she was saying because she got hella pissed and ripped the headphones out of my head and of course i myself so i was like automatically saw the pattern even though I didn't even notice the pattern so I responded perfectly but it was like realizing that was a pattern for me at that point with music and understanding how music was a way for me to recognize it and then grow beyond music mm-hmm. but music isn't something I'm destroying I'm not getting rid of music I just no longer have say a dependence on it to give me what I need to grow so now music's like a way of experience I can do both at the same time or I can just not use it if I don't need to so is it a method of maintaining your vibration? So it was. Now, mm, I feel like it's the difference between codependence and independence. Like I had a codependent relationship where it was like, 
think of a cell um when a cell first splits and creates like two cells from one cell it's like it's like a bubble in a way and when the bubble splits is when you have two different individuals but i was still in the phase where i was like interlocked with the other bubble and we're still a whole even though we were developing different parts okay. and that's how codependency works basically once you evolve from say the state of codependency and you enter in the state of independence when you're both a whole thing and another whole thing but you're part of now a collective and you're just the two that are most interlocked because you basically came from each other that's the key to that whole experience that i'd say wow it's crazy why do i know so much i didn't realize i was facts just come out sometimes Factions, bro, bro. Facts just come out. Yes, sir. That's the that's slogan of the podcast. <laughs> Dude, yes. Factions just come out. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. It's like your producer tag. Why do we put David Ro- Dobrik on here? David, uh, what? Probably simulations or something? David Dobrik and Alex Becker. Um, We started that at the beginning. Alex Becker was a business dude that I'm about to start working with for my You're about to actually work with him? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Not right. all my mentors. I've either emulated or I'm starting to work with some. So I'll start. I'll probably work with Alex Becker in say the next year or so. The next person I want to work with would be Tony Robbins and Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, who else would I like to work with? Elon Musk would be fun. Richard Branson just feels like he vibes. Richard Branson, Island Man himself. Island Man. I want an island. I want my research institute on an island. That's that's my first goal. That's hard. It's I've, super simple. I've always thought about it being like a mad secluded like it's workshop. So somewhere. Like, like how Kanye has uh, his bro, like Kanye ranch is Kanye. Place. You have to let them in vibe. But I don't. The Wisconsin know. ranch is hard though. Dude, I think it's very dope. That that's, I was looking at it in terms of the geometry and kind of the energetic principles of it because it yeah. just vibes. That's my aesthetic. One of them, and his is structurally sound for kind of true architecture, energetic architecture, if you like to say. So like Kanye is just really vibing out. He's like, you could think of say Jesus in a way, not in like a religious sense, but in the sense of being able to already be at a state that's say an outlier. He's an outlier, but in the sense perceptionally that he has the awareness himself that he is an outlier and doesn't feel the need to conform back to say the consensus. I feel like Kanye is heavily misunderstood Mm. and I see what he's talking about, and like especially all the events where he has like outbursts, outcries, mm-hmm. you know, starts ranting. Uh, I understand what he's saying. Mm-hmm. It's just that he just gets mad sometimes. He, <laughs> yeah, and it happens. He just has to understand that nobody's going to understand it unless like they. It's a certain audience that will understand what he's trying to say. You know, he low key reminds me of Job. I feel like Kanye could be like a Job persona. I'm gonna edit that. Okay. That's gonna work. Yeah. You love that. Shoot. <laughs> oh man, it's been two hours. Oh, I know really? You a busy man, bro. That's quality of caught. But I'm actually here till twelve. I just decided to vibe out for the day. I don't know where are you going next. Uh, I am Tokyo. <laughs> Yo, let me go to Jap- Japan real quick. Oh man, why did I do that? Let's see. Let's do. Hmm. I'm probably. Oh yeah, I like that one. I have a. Ooh, I made a website. I just finished my website. Did I tell you about that? No. So my research institute. I'm finally making an LLC. So incorporating it. Um, 
so I created it, created the website. I don't want any buildings until I have like a research island. That's yeah. that's my vibe. But I'm starting off with that. I just finished my webinar. You gave me some samples. I was running through yes, them with my sure. homie. That one's so tight. I feel like I feel like that's gonna be my next webinar. Cause like first I have to warm them up with like some island. Yeah. Vibes, you never you never put with. out your first exactly. all your heat. You don't put out all your heat. You give them so much value. So they're like, damn, if this is what this is like and this is free, imagine what its actual services must be like. Dang. So that's that's my vibe right there. So where can people reach out to you at? Or where can they find you? Let's see. You can find me on Instagram. I have two. You can find me on my main at Magidone. You can find me. I'm starting the, the reality, realization Instagram too. So you can just type that in. It's reality and then realize like you're aware of something and then realization like yeah <laughs> and then that's the main things you'll want to do for instagram you can also do realityrealization.com if you want to check out the site give me some support but i would say those are the key ways you can hit my line yes sir amen it's been a pleasure they heard enough <laughs> if we didn't we explode their heads yet then you know They'll be back for yeah, more. That's for the next podcast. But, yeah. <laughs> this has been another episode of OM. Before I let you guys go, uh, just a few brief announcements. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you heard something insightful and you learned something from it, you know, go share with a friend. Please leave a subscribe and review and follow me on my social media channels. Yes, and, sir. And uh, <laughs> I'll see you guys next week.